This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Thank you for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I'm the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And again, I wanted to, as I opened up and said, just, just to say thank you. One of the things that's really important to me is that you know that whoever it is of you that listens to this podcast, that I don't take your ears for granted, that I really do appreciate you taking the time to sit, drive, run, walk, whatever it is that you do when you're listening to this podcast. I I just want to let you know that I appreciate you. Well, as you listen today, you can hear there's no ocean (laughs) behind me. So, yes, I am home. Uh, That's why I'm recording a little bit later in the week than normal. We actually arrived at our house on Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, took a day to recover, Thursday. Let's just say when I got into the office, I had 38 voicemails that came in while I was gone. So I had some things to take care of yesterday, so I didn't get a chance to record yesterday. So I wanted to make sure I did and, and posted it today. But I, I am, I'm, I'm glad to be home. I, I know that there are people who will say, click your heels three times, and there's no place like home. And on some level, I do agree with that. But on another level, when you had a chance to stay at a beach house with the side of the ocean every day for $139, I think I said $132.50 last week, it's actually $139.50, when you had a chance to be able to watch that for three days and enjoy that, um, let's just say that really competes with home. <laughs> you know. But it was, it was great to be able to get away uh, with the family. What was really neat is after that, you know, we went to Bend, Colorado, and did some sightseeing there, and then we drove down to Klamath Falls, but in, we went to Crater Lake, which is just phenomenally beautiful. If you ever have a chance to go to Crater Lake, it's just really awesome. And here's what was really neat, is we were high up enough where there was still snow on the ground. And I'm not talking about like a splatter of snow here or drip drop of snow there. No, I am talking about like snow on the ground, and, and we'd found out when we went into the into the uh, the gift shop. When we went to the gift shop. We found out that if we'd gone two days before, it was full of just of just sleet and fog, so we wouldn't have been able to see anything. And if we had gone the day before, it had snowed, so we wouldn't have been able to get up there because we didn't have chains for the car. So. Thank God for his providence. We go up on this perfect day, and it is like a blanket of white in some parts. It was just amazing. And so we get out, and if you've never had a chance to go see Crater Lake in Oregon, please go do it because there's some parts of it. Well, well, let's just say that the water of the lake is just so blue, it looks unnaturally blue. Like, it is just 
it, it looks like someone went in with a filter and made it bluer. I mean, just how beautiful it is. If you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you can just go to my page and you'll see some, some posts there of just how beautiful it was. But it's just, it just again, just stinking incredible. And so what was really neat is at one point we, we stopped the car and my kids got out and had a snowball fight, got to play in the snow. Uh, that was a total blast. One of my kids made an accidental snow angel because <laughs> he was running and uh, running a little bit too fast and fell forward. Didn't face plant, thank goodness for that, because he would have had frozen face. But it was, just, it was just a lot of fun to see our kids do that. And then our last place of sightseeing is we went to MacArthur Burney Falls. And if you've never gone there, uh, that's in Northern California as well. It's just outside of Redding, California. Uh, it is, I, I've been to waterfalls, like I've seen Niagara. When we went to Oregon, we went and visited multiple waterfalls. They were all amazing. They're all beautiful, all incredible, all so unique in their ways. But MacArthur Burney is not the largest waterfall. I think it's only 129 feet but it is just spectacularly beautiful. And it just put me in a place like I'm so grateful for, for God for that. And, and then, you know, just a chance to be able to spend some time with my kids and hang out with them it was a lot of fun. Being able to hang out with my wife was so much fun. And it's good to be back. And now that we're back, we're settling into our normal which I think probably is a great segue into what we're going to be looking at today because we, again, are in the middle of a series called The New Normal. And what we're doing in this series is we're looking at, with COVID-19 and the challenges that it presented, and now we're looking at George Floyd and dealing with racism and some of the challenges that those present as well. We know moving forward that America will not be the same. It just won't. There's going to be a new normal. So I guess it begs the question in this, as how do we address, how do we adjust to that? How do we address that? How do we, as, as for those of you who are listening that call yourselves a believer, how do we as believers, best represent God in this new normal that we find ourselves walking into? How do we do that? How do we do that? And again, I, I think it's a question that if you're not asking yourself, I, I wanna encourage you to start asking yourself. How, as a result of people seeing the way that you live out your faith, moving into this new normal. How will people be drawn to God because of the way that you live, because of the way that you carry yourself, because of the way that you conduct yourself, because of the example that you are, how will people be drawn to God? And maybe they won't necessarily be drawn to God, but maybe they can look at your life and they can see that there's something vastly different about you and the way that you're handling this new normal 
And the result of that, for those that know you and know your faith, that they might be able to say that the difference is your faith in Christ and how it makes you different. So with that in mind, I guess one of the questions I think is good for us to begin to ask is simply this, what does faith look like? What does it look like? Because I know that there are tons of pictures, right, of what it, what it, what it means to have faith and, and, and its implications for our lives and the direction of our lives moving forward and, and our belief in Jesus. What does faith look like? Well, if we are stepping into this new normal, then maybe it might be good to, to dive into the scriptures. Because here's the thing that's really interesting is, although the names may be new, COVID-19 or George Floyd, although the names might be new, the circumstances and the situations aren't. You know, it says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, what has been will be again, and what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. I, I love it. Let me read that again. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Now, here's the thing that's really interesting is when you go back, if you look at that verse in context, here is what Solomon is talking about. He's talking about here I am in my life and I'm trying to find satisfaction. I'm trying to find fulfillment. And, and so he begins to experiment with life. And if you read through Ecclesiastes, as a matter of fact, there's a group of our men that are going through the book of Ecclesiastes together. And as I'm reading it, I'm, I'm thinking about creating a sermon series based upon the book of Ecclesiastes, because there's some really great insight that's there. But Solomon begins to talk about, like, I've tried all of these things. And in the end, when I look at everything that I turn to, to try to find satisfaction, because he talks about trying to find it in his work. He tries to find it in his life. He tries to find it in, in fun. He tries to find it in just in, in every aspect of life. And, and in this verse, here's what he's saying. He's saying that everything that we've tried to find fulfillment, it's been done. It's been done. There's nothing new under the sun. Which brings us to this idea of this new normal. Because what happens is our desire then in the new normal is to try to find fulfillment, is to try to find some level of satisfaction. It's, it's to try to find the, the norm, right? Is, is that what our, what our goal is? But, but the problem is if we, we can't go back to what we were and now we have to move forward to where we are, then what does that look like in trying to find our fulfillment in that? And what Solomon would say is the things that you would try to find your fulfillment within this new norm has been done before by people who found themselves in a place of a new norm in their moment in their life. And the conclusion that we could come to is simply this. Everything that I turned to to try to find my new norm in the old life, 
didn't work. And the things that I try to turn to to find my satisfaction in the new norm won't work as well. It won't work as well. So then that brings us to this place of then where do I turn? Where do I turn? You know, it says in Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. I love that. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, the darkest valley. And I don't know, have you ever been in a place where it is so dark that you cannot see your hand in front of your face? Have you ever, have you ever been to that to that place where it is so dark, you just cannot see around you. And it is so dark that you cannot see your way out. And sometimes in the new normal, as we're adjusting, because as I've said before, when you walk into the new normal, there are gonna be challenges, there are gonna be frustrations, there are going to be setbacks. There are going to be things to overcome. And it will seem as though darkness is settling all around you. And when you are in that place where you have that much darkness, it is impossible to see your way out. But what I love is that this psalm doesn't stop there, does it? Psalm 23, 4 again says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You are with me. You are with me. So it's, so it's important. One of the things that we talked about on Sunday is that the things that we're going through, the things that we're facing, the things that we're, we're dealing with in this new norm, here's the beauty of this. This is really important for you to understand that what we're facing right now is no surprise to God. God has not been caught off guard by it. It's, it's no surprise to him. So it's, it's important for you to be able to, to realize that and to hold on to that which God promises, that I will be with you. No matter what it is you go through, no matter what it is you do, no matter how hard it is to face, he promises, I will be with you. And, and, I, and I love this because here's the beauty of this. If you think about it, the kind of darkness that is being talked about in this passage is, as I, as I mentioned before, the kind of darkness where you can't see your fingers in front of your face. I mean, that is an extreme amount of darkness. Now, here's the other thing that's important for you to understand, that if it's that dark where you cannot see your fingers in front of your face, then it is also too dark for you to see the things that are happening around you that may reveal that God is at work because it is too dark for you to see it. And, and if that is the case, then what do we hold on to? And, and David makes that declaration. I will fear no evil. I will fear, no matter how far the setback is, I will not fear it. 
No matter how great the challenge is, I will not fear it. No matter how overwhelming the circumstance may be, I will not fear it. I will not be driven by fear. Why? Because you are with me. And this is a declaration that is held on to even in the midst of not being able to see how he's at work. Even in the midst of not being able to see how he is at work. So then with, with that in mind, what, what do I hold on to? Is I hold on to, and that is the definition of faith. Faith is I will hold on to my trust in God. I will hold on to this path. I will hold on to his calling, even when I cannot see how he is at work. That, my friends, is real faith. And in this new normal, it is vital that those who are around us see us practice this kind of faith. So again, that also begs this question. Well, what does this faith, what does this faith look like? And, and here's the thing, if I really believe that God has everything under control. If I really believe that it is all in his hands. Yes, 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 I, I do my part. Yes, I, I go to work when I can, when COVID-19, um, when, the, when the doors open for me to be able to go back to work, I go. When I'm struggling financially, I figure out ways to be able to manage my money, budget, maybe I change how I eat. But, but I, I try to do the parts that I can do to help me to be able to move forward in adjusting to this new normal. As, as an African-American, what do I do? Because, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but across America, they've been finding African-Americans hanging from trees. And if you were an African-American, you know what it brings back? It brings back this, this element of lynchings and when, when those things would happen. Uh, and I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the case, but I will say, you know, they found a body of a guy hanging in, in Palmdale and now there's a body of a guy hanging in Victorville. And, and I think there's been a couple more that have been found across the United States. As, as I look at that, it, it, and it brings back this idea of lynching. Because here's the thing, is, like I said, we're trying to create a place where racially here in America, there is fairness, there's equity. But in the process of doing that, there's going to be some, some cultural norms that you're also going to upset. And, and in those cultural norms, Sometimes when we lose sight of those elements, then what we do is we do things that we would never do. 
Or maybe sometimes those feelings began to manifest themselves and we began to see people act in ways that we thought, man, people, people still do that. And there is this challenge not to be afraid. But, but how do I do that? I do that because I know that God is with me. I do that because he's walking with me. And here's the deal. If, if I really believe this, then I also believe that if something were to happen, where someone was to grab me and take my life, where my body would be one of the ones that's hanging from the tree. I still take delight in this one simple thing. I'll be with him. I'll be with him. And there's nothing that can take that away from me. So either God will be with me here spiritually, or I will be with God physically. And so with that in mind then, it brings back to this, brings back this element. Well, what does faith look like? And I think it looks like this. In Romans chapter eight, verse 11, it says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I love that, Romans 8, 11. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. God will come to live in you. He's alive in me. He's alive in you. So with that, we, we, we trust in that. We, we depend upon that. And, and here's what this means. If, if, if the Spirit of God is alive in me, then I can rest in this simple thing that no matter what happens in my life, because I know that he's with me, I know this. I can trust him. And ultimately, I'm going to be okay. So guess what that means? I don't have to worry about myself. I don't have to worry about myself. Now, that doesn't mean that I ignore the things that I need to do to take care of myself. No, 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 that's not, that's not what it means. But ultimately, it just means I, I, I do those things, but at the end of the day, God's gonna take care of me. And here's what that frees me to do now. It frees me to take my focus off of myself and place it on to those who are around me. That's again why I love what it says in James 2, 14 through 17. What, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see your brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. 
unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. So now that I know that God is with me, now that I know I don't have to worry about myself, what I can do is I can begin to put my focus on those that are around me. And how can I make sure that they are warm? How can I make sure that they are well fed? How can I make sure that I am taking care of their needs? How can I make sure that I am serving them, loving them, building them, encouraging them, uplifting them? How can I make sure that I do that? Who's in your sphere of influence right now that needs some encouragement? Who is in your sphere of influence right now that needs someone to help them with food? Who is in your sphere of influence right now that needs someone to pray for them? Who is in your sphere of influence right now that God has given you the opportunity to be able to uplift and serve? Because in this new normal, here's what people need to see, is they need to see Jesus. And the best way for them to see him is to see him alive in us. We should be the voices, again, leading in compassion, leading in mercy. And as I said before, we should be the leading voices when it comes to the cry for racial equity. We should be the ones leading it. We should be the ones leading it. So I really want to challenge us because here's the thing. If we forget these elements about faith, then it's very easy for our faith to make us self-centered. I'm going to say something right now, and I know that when I say it, it's not. It's not popular. And I also know that when I say it, it may cause me to lose some listeners. But I feel like it's something that needs to be said. And I may have said some things like this before, and I will continue to say this again because this is something I really believe that the church, capital C, is failing at right now. Because over the last few weeks, what we have seen is churches crying out, hey, you cannot deny my freedom to meet. You cannot deny my freedom to gather. You cannot. And, and really, if we look at it, what's been the perspective? The perspective, if we're honest, the perspective is, what can I do for me? Now, I know that we may say that, yes, I need to gather. And, and I don't doubt that. Please don't get me wrong. I would love to be able to gather. I would love to be able to fellowship. But let me tell you, here's what I, I firmly believe. If we trust in God and ultimately believe that God is in control, then what I need to do is I need to begin to look at those that are around me and to be able to serve them. Now, if this is a situation where other organizations are allowed to meet and connect and serve, but not the church, that's a totally different thing. That's a totally different thing. If the theaters were opening back up, if all the stores were opening back up, and I mean, we can go through and all the places were changing, where people were being allowed to gather as they were before, but not churches, then that's a different thing. That's a different thing. 
And, and we do need to stand up for that. But in this situation, it hasn't been the case. It hasn't been the case. Churches have been in the same walk, just like everyone else, who's trying to figure this thing out. And so for me to stand up and focus on my right to meet as a church, then here's what I'm forgetting. What about the person who's struggling with their business and they're looking at the possibility of losing it all because they can't bring clients in yet. They can't bring customers in yet. What about them? And, and what if the focus of the church became this? Hey, I, I noticed that you are struggling with paying your rent. So we're gonna get a group of people together called the church and we'll pay your rent for you this month so that you don't have to shut down your business. Wow, how powerful would that be? How powerful would that be? Again, you're worried about being lynched. Well, what if I walk through the streets with you? How powerful would that be? What if we allowed ourselves to get to this place where we don't worry about ourselves? Because it is important for us to gather. Please don't get me wrong. I know what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, when it tells us to not forsake the gathering of believers. So please don't miss what it is that I'm saying. But I think God has opened the door for us. And if we're not careful, we're gonna miss it. Because what we've done is rather than focus on the opportunities that God has opened, we're so focused on how can I get back to my normal. I, I think about in Matthew, and I began to look at when Jesus was arrested in Matthew chapter 26, and when he was arrested. And the interesting thing about that was he had people making false testimonies, about him and, and it goes on and it says then the priest stood up and said to Jesus well aren't you going to answer these charges what do you have to say for yourself but Jesus remained silent but Jesus remained silent then the high priest said to him I, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus replied, you have said it. And in the future, you will see the Son of Man seated in a place of power at God's right hand, coming on the clouds of heaven. 
And here's the thing that's really interesting about this is when he had an opportunity to stand up for his rights, he chose to remain silent. But when he had a chance to reveal his identity, he spoke. And I just want to say this to the church. Be very careful about being so focused on getting your rights that you miss the opportunity to declare his identity. Let me say that again. Don't be so focused on demanding your rights that you miss the opportunity to declare his identity. And again, I love it in Matthew 5 where it says, let us be the salt and light of the earth so that people may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. So I, I really want to make sure that we, we step back and we begin to recognize that this is what it looks like to have faith. Is it God, I trust in you. I trust that you are there when I can't see you. I trust that you're going to walk with me through this. I trust that you're going to take care of me, that you're going to be with me, whether spiritually here on this earth or I'm physically in your presence, but we are going to be together through this. And as a result of that, God, I will focus on those who are around me who have tremendous needs so that I may be a beacon of your goodness and of your mercy. Just imagine how powerful that would be in the new norm. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. Uh, as, as I mentioned, uh, if you are listening before Sunday, our church is meeting again, and we are actually meeting in our parking lot. We have boxes for people to sit in. Each box is about six feet apart. We're making sure that we are protecting the health of those that are coming as much as possible. That's our meeting outside because it has been shown that COVID-19 is far more difficult to pass uh, when it's outside. So that's why we're doing it out there. We're providing hand sanitizer, extra masks. We're, we're doing the things that we can do to try to make it as safe as possible. So if you are in the neighborhood Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., please come on out. And, and here's what we're going to look at this Sunday as we talk about going into our new norm. Whenever you go into a new norm, the situation is you will suffer some kind of loss. Like, like there's something that's going to be taken away from you. There's something that you are going to give up, even if you have walked out of a situation that was difficult, overbearing, and overwhelming before. And now that you're stepping into the new norm, it, it's, it's still going to be some elements of things that you've lost. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at how do we be able to navigate this journey of things that we've lost as a result of COVID-19 and things that we've lost as a result of the riots and, the, and everything that's happening, how do we navigate that? How do we navigate our losses? So 
That's what we're going to be looking at. If you are not able to make it on Sunday, totally understand that. We will also be uh, posting it on our Facebook page as well as on our um, YouTube channel. So we'll be posting the message there. Then also what we will do is just be praying for us. Because once the, once the door opens for us to be able to, to start to meet again, then we will go back to start to live streaming our services again, but they will be live streaming from the inside of the sanctuary when we meet. And so we will see what that looks like, be praying for us as we navigate a new technological journey to be ready to do the best that we can to give you the best that we can. But I'm, I'm excited about this. So again, if you can make it on Sunday, we'd love to have you. 1030 will be in the parking lot. If not, then we'll be posting it on Instagram and on Facebook so that you'll be able to watch it there. But again, I, I just want to thank you so much. And, and if you could do us a favor, if you could rate us, that's what helps people to be able to find us. And as I said before, if you not give us a five-star review, please let us know why so that we can continue to improve everything it is that we do. But again, thank you so much. And remember that encounter is about three things. Love up, being madly and passionately in love with God, loving out, let's love our neighbor as ourselves, and love in, which is taking care of ourselves. So loving our neighbor and also taking care of ourselves. But thank you so much. God bless you. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services, as well as the events that are happening at our church, and you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving, and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.